And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you here in the studio. I think this is our our first meeting here in the studio in the new year, so it's an honor and privilege Mm -hmm. to have you here. We thank the Lord that he brought us through uh, 2011. We're still here. We're still around. And uh, we look forward to the Lord, the great things that he will be doing uh, this year in our lives, in our churches, in our nation, and in the world. John Vance, you mentioned uh, a word before we open the mics. That word is epiphany. And this is the time of year where that word has special meaning. To get us started, maybe you could share with the listeners what that word means. It means uh, to appear, appearance, and uh, Jesus, of course, Uh, was incarnated, but he also appeared to the world. And so when we talk about epiphany in that way, we mean that he appeared. But in uh, its use at this time of the year, it's also uh, pegged to the church calendar. Uh, Epiphany Day is the 6th of January uh, in the Western uh, world. And uh, that is also called Epiphany, then, January the 6th, mm-hmm. and it means, uh, or, it's, or it's a commemoration of the time in which Jesus appeared to the Gentiles, and he did so at his birth when the Magi from the East came, uh, we call them the three wise men, mm-hmm. uh, recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, and they came and honored him, and of course, uh, that is what Epiphany means, that Jesus appeared, or manifest himself to the Gentiles, and it and it uh, goes from there, of course, theologically we understand that Jesus came not only to the house of Israel, but he came for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you see a really powerful manifestation uh, there, not just that the wise men came to see Jesus, but the Holy Spirit working in their lives to undertake that trip itself. You know, to be able to come and and recognize that, you know, this trip that they were taking was an important trip and that they needed to go there and they needed to go to Bethlehem. And, um, boy, that's uh, God really working in history mm. in a special way. Mm-hmm. Probably many people speculate who these uh, wise men were. Uh, they came bearing gifts, of course, and honored the birth of Christ. Uh, but at the same time, they probably were from as far maybe east as Iran. They mm-hmm. could have been Zoroastrian priests, right. and uh, they they were into astrology, watching the heavens. And God uh, brought them by His Spirit. Shepherds came to the manger, mm-hmm. but this could have been up to uh, many months, uh, even up to a year or more later. Yeah. That's right, and uh, so it says that they came to a house. Mm-hmm. There, there have been some interesting studies on this uh, with the the wise men looking and, and looking at the stars and what they would have seen that would have drawn them. As you say, John, they were uh, astrologers, which uh, even in the church, uh, you know, it's not the same astrology like we were talking about today where you, you get find your horoscope. No, not that. <laughs> no. Not that. <laughs> but, but, you know, you had even men like uh, Philip Melanchthon in the, in the Reformation who spent time looking at the stars and wondering, you know, if God is is trying to tell us something special by special things. And and so these men, uh, it's interesting to look. And, of course, the constellations were already 
set in the sky in the Roman world at that time. Uh, most people, astrologers and astronomers, they, they kind of were mm-hmm. almost together at that mm-hmm. point, um, would look at the stars and uh, they they already had these constellations. And you, you see some of them who which have extrapolated back using Keplerian mm-hmm. science have gone back and and looked at the stars, and probably the stars they were looking at were maybe Jupiter, mm-hmm. and uh, in a, in confluence. And I'm not sure. I think it's maybe Mercury. I, I don't remember which one coming together and looking and seeing them in Leo the lion. Well, who's the lion? Well, that's the lion of Judah. Mm. And the uh, I don't remember where the verse is, but it talks about the the stars being signs. That's right, signs yes. in the heavens. Yes, yeah. uh, I, I remember a sermon that the late James Kennedy preached uh, uh, on the Southern Cross. Now I'm not sure I would go there and preach a sermon in the same way he did, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he was a very sound uh, mm-hmm. biblical theological man, and. Uh, he he believed, and, and uh, there's biblical basis for uh, saying, yes, God has not left himself without a witness in the heavens. That's right. Yes, yes. And he used it to get those wise men right there to Bethlehem, and at the same time, shaking up Herod pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly did. So yeah. this is pretty significant um, in terms of biblical history. Um, God reveals himself primarily to um, Israel in what we call the Old Testament. Certainly there's some Gentiles, but not too many. But now with the coming of Christ, it's like a a theological explosion in history, for lack of a better term. That's what the New Testament is. Yeah. Yeah. It is like a bomb that goes off. It is. A bomb of grace and salvation. (laughs) And I, I think it's interesting, when you see the manifestations at Jesus' birth, who are the first? Well, they're the shepherds. And who are the shepherds? Yeah. Well, the shepherds are, at that time, pretty much sorry rascals that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I believe there were laws at that time that said, you know, a shepherd couldn't even, testimony wasn't allowed in a court of law because oh, yes. they assumed that they were liars. And I mean, and even Jesus, when he, in chapter 10, he talks about the good shepherd, he contrasts it with the hirelings. The hirelings oh, yeah. and the bad yeah. shepherds. And, that's, uh, mm-hmm. and those shepherds had a poor reputation, and yet Jesus reveals himself to mm-hmm. the shepherds. And then he goes to the highest, almost the highest of the high, but they're Gentiles. You know, you have the mm-hmm. wise men. And then, well, what about the religious people? Well, you don't see the Pharisees or the Sadducees, but you do see Simeon and you do see mm-hmm. Anna. Simeon mm-hmm. and Anna, yes. In, in the temple. and uh, Godly neat. godly saints very waiting, godly waiting for the yeah. consolation of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really neat to think that our Lord Jesus comes to the entire world. Mm. The entire world. Yeah. Uh, to seek and to save the lost. I see we're just about ready for a break. Um, you're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. This week we're talking about Epiphany, explaining what it means and some of the implications of this whole scenario. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. So many years ago, the promised one, God's only son. To a manger here below Angels joined in 
Savior's birth They praise the God of heaven We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. The light of the world came to Bethlehem So many years ago The promised one God's only son To a manger here Angels joined in chorus Announcing the Savior's birth They praise the God of heaven For the gift He sent And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about Epiphany. In the studio with me, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Now, uh, gentlemen, when the mic was closed, one of you mentioned a scripture reference uh, that ties into Epiphany, and I'm wondering if we could take a look at that now. Epiphany in the Old Testament uh, is often related to Isaiah chapter 60, Mm-hmm. And in Isaiah chapter 60, let, let me read just a couple of three verses here. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the nation shall come to your light. Now, that is what epiphany really is. It's a fulfillment of the prophecy of this chapter here that Isaiah gives. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Jesus came into the world, a light dawned upon us. And, of course, Mm -hmm. throughout the New Testament, uh, Jesus is referred to as the light. He's life. He's light. Mm -hmm. And it carries through, and he is a light to the Gentiles, Uh, a wonderful teaching in the New Testament. And then when you turn to the New Testament, the main uh, section of Scripture Mm -hmm that uh, Epiphany focuses upon is Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verses Mm -hmm. 1 through 12. Mm -hmm. So when you look at those two verses, the promise and the fulfillment, uh, then there is good reason and good biblical basis to remember uh, Epiphany as a celebration in the church. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you see that in Matthew with the Magi left Herod, and they see the light, and and the passage says they rejoiced with an exceeding great joy. If I remember my the Greek passage there, it's it's emphasis upon emphasis of the great joy of just seeing that light that went yes. before them. Yes. And of course, uh, John one talks about the light that will shine in the darkness, even though the darkness does not uh, comprehend it, but it does not overcome it either. Mm-hmm. He also says he lights every man's pathway that comes into the world. That's right. Uh, there are two ways, uh, I think, that Jesus is light. Number one, he, he is light to those who, who come to know him uh, and to know him as their Lord and Savior. Uh, he's eternal light and has lit the path, you might say, uh, to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, but it's also true that there is, a should I say, a a, a benefit to all people. Uh, Jesus coming into the world actually has a benefit to the whole earth. I do believe that this world is better mm-hmm. off for Jesus having come. You know, yes. we often ask the question in politics, are you better off today than you were, say, two years ago yeah. or four years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, the question I would ask uh, our listeners and to think about is, are you better off today than you were before Christ came. Mm -hmm. And I would also ask where the gospel has gone, which is light, are not those places where the gospel has gone and been received better off places in general to live, just to live out your life? Natural grace, we might say, Mm -hmm. or common grace. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think it can be demonstrated in human history uh, that Christ as light has benefited the whole world. In degrees, of course, but the whole world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this nation is a huge demonstration of that. I mean, it was founded by godly people, essentially. Yeah, of course, they were the they were the ungodly, sorry rascals that came along too. But but essentially, it was it was the godly people who tell us what you really think about them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, uh, you know, we look at the pilgrims, we look at the the Puritan forefathers here. And uh, they they came to this nation to make it a light on a hill. That's true. And it was. Yes. It was a light on a hill, and it grew, and it became strong, and it, it outshone anything. Nobody has ever seen a rise of a nation like this one, mm-hmm. and it was because of God's blessing. You know, that we should, we should emphasize that uh, Perry Miller, in his famous uh, work on the Puritans, mm. talks about the Puritan... Uh, coming to these shores, they came deliberately as an errand into the the wilderness. wilderness, Mm. Moreover, to be a city set on a hill that all may observe. They really wanted to establish a society that was Christian to show the light and Mm -hmm. testimony of Christ. And that has blessed us and influenced us. There's no question. I mean, we can just observe now that our America has become much more secular and isn't it curious that we're now having economic woes? Um, we're probably losing our power. Um, we're in debt to other nations. You know, I just read a figure that's startling. We are more in debt than the whole gross national product that we have in one year. Yeah. It's over $15 trillion. This is, it's grown by $5 trillion in three years. And the number's so large... Us commoners can't, or I can't, I can't even relate to it. It's just so large. Yeah. Um, we are in trouble. We're we living off the capital awakening. of the past. We if are. we have blessings, we're living off the capital of the past, yeah, it, and we're leaving is. nothing mm-hmm. to 
our children and our grandchildren. So true. Um, but Debbie, a, a, yeah, we are leaving something, a big debt. Yeah, and Debbie and I talk about this with respect to the um, economic condition of Kingston. Um, what we have observed is that once IBM left town, things got a little worse. And what's keeping things afloat yet is some of those retirees still spending money here in town. And when that goes away, um, probably we'll go down another notch uh, if, yeah. and I know this sounds political, but if we keep taxing the living daylights out of our citizenry, you know, and that ties back, indeed. It ties back to Christianity, its influence, its freedom that it mm-hmm. gives people, and its allegiance to God rather than Caesar, right? And only rendering to Caesar what is due him, certainly, as Jesus said. But Christ has given us freedom, and he gives us all these other things. Honesty, which pertains to honest money, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, not stealing, and so... You know, you don't have to keep buying more replacement uh-huh, uh-huh. products. It, it's a it's a tremendous ripple effect when the heart of man is changed, inside yeah. out, and he starts living for Christ in this world. It makes a difference. There is light. Uh, Huge. I uh, heard a businessman talk about his ventures in some African countries, and and he he pegged, if you will, he pegged to certain areas in Africa where they had received Christ and were following Christ. It was a Christian area. It actually meant more prosperity for mm-hmm. the community. Uh, they were mm-hmm. much more willing to to understand, try to understand disease, uh, try to build a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think Christ in, in a is a byproduct, if you will, yeah. of the cross is that not only are the believers saved – but non-believers benefit in general just simply being yeah. in a culture where the gospel has been received. Yeah, yeah. there is so much to that in, in so many areas. Now, we're talking about economics right now. Of course, we've had the protests uh, that are continuing to go on that occupy mm-hmm. Wall Street. And, of course, the protest is against capitalism. But what kind of capitalism? If you look at what capitalism is in terms of Christian capitalism, Christian capitalism always used wealth for the benefit of others. Oh, yes. And so you find the Christian capitalist who is always going out and yet donating a great deal of their their goods to those who are less fortunate, as opposed to crony capitalism. So you take Christ out of the equation, then, mm-hmm. then you pay off your friends, and, it, and that's what you have. Any yeah. economic system, when it is divorced from morality right. in general or God's law, God's commandments, uh, is going to be worse uh, when capitalism is uh, married to, if you will, the Christian worldview and morality, it can be a tremendous blessing and lift people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. It is, and that's one of the things we see. Who are the biggest givers throughout the world? It's, it's the Christians. Yes. You know, when you have the tsunami comes and hit somewheres, yes, first off, it's the American government that goes, mm-hmm. and again, that's off our Christian capital that, that had been there. And I just remember one hurricane coming. I was listening on, on my shortwave radio. I was a, I'm a ham radio operator and a shortwave listener, and uh, was listening, and the first airplane that they could get in was a military C-130. The very second airplane that they could get in 
was a Salvation Army C-130. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's right. We're there. The Christians are there yes. really fast. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Uh, the effect of the gospel is, is profound. But and not only economically, scientifically. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we must not forget that uh, modern science uh, is, is directly related uh, to Christian culture. Modern science developed not in China or India or in Africa or anywhere else except in Christian societies. And why did it develop in Christian societies? Because of the Christian understanding and worldview of natural law and things like this. Mm-hmm. Our earliest, greatest scientists, uh, from Galileo to Newton, those men were all Christians. They understood this was God's world, and all they were trying to do was think God's thoughts after him. Mm-hmm. That's right. You look at Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. You, know, you look at Psalm 139, where it talks about how fearfully and wonderfully made are. And you look at the Christian scientists, and what they want to do is they want to see more of what God mm-hmm. has done. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just fueled that thirst to, to find out more and more, that scientific thirst to, to see God working. In his creation. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that uh, uh, we're developing a society that no longer understands where its benefits came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah. longer understanding that, yes, your benefits have been tied to a particular kind of, uh, of worldview. And when that worldview, if you reject it, you will throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. and then you will have, uh, of course, a much more... Different yeah. life than you could ever imagine. Oh, certainly yeah. not the quality of life. Yeah, so, absolutely. So Christ has come, and a great light has shone. Um, there were glimpses of this. Certainly, we see the grace of God in old covenant times, don't we? Um, we see the promise of Messiah. You fellows have mentioned before Genesis three fifteen, that first indication that Messiah would be coming, but now he's come. Something tremendous has happened in history. And we celebrate this. Uh, um, we just celebrated Christmas. Uh, we went through the season of Advent. And so now this little word, Epiphany, I mentioned to my kids around the table the other night, we happen to be all together. <laughs> Sometimes we're not, oftentimes anymore, because they're getting older. I said, uh, we're going to talk about Epiphany. And somebody said, um, well, isn't that like when you have like, oh, I've had an Epiphany and mm-hmm. you realize something? Yeah. Is it is that use of that word tied to this a little bit or not? Well, it is. It is. That's a secondary mm-hmm. uh, derivation yeah. Yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But to have an epiphany here means to be having a, 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 a what, what an enlightenment or yeah. a, a, an idea or yeah. an awakening. Yeah. But, uh, but this is different that we're talking different. about today. The epiphany here means that light has dawned upon us Amazing. when Christ came. He, he is that son that uh, C.S. Lewis says most famously, uh, and I wish I could quote it properly, but it's uh, in receiving the Son, he becomes the light whereby we see everything else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so true. In a different way, in a real way, mm. a more real way. Uh, Christ enables us to enter into deepest reality. You know, maybe you're listening to the show today, and I know we're almost at the end here, but um, maybe you're curious about this light. A, light, a great light has, has shown. Uh, Jesus Christ has come as the Savior of his people. And uh, maybe you feel on the outside. And uh, um, if you've never uh, received 
the forgiveness of Jesus Christ for your sins. The time couldn't be better. Gentlemen. There's an old hymn. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember it entirely, but Come to the Light, mm. it's shining for thee. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, that, that's what uh, I guess my message would be in all of yeah, us yeah. to uh, – to not only is is uh, Jesus a benefit to all, but particularly through salvation. Yes. Yeah, well, he is that light that shines in our heart. And, you know, I think that's back right. of 2011, and all of us have lost loved ones. Yeah. Um, our, our church at Westminster has, has lost uh, people, uh, you know, very special loved ones. And um, as much as you don't want to face it, you're headed to death. Let, let, you know, I don't want to sound negative, but someday mm-hmm. our heart will stop beating. And it is extremely important to know where you're going, to have the confidence, the assurance, the loving relationship now so that Christ can hold your hand as you go through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful blessing to be held by Christ, to know him, and to be ready to spend eternity with him, because the alternative is not pretty. That's right. Well, the passage in the prologue of John, of course, is, is the most... Uh, appropriate, I think, conclusion to what you have said. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. Mm. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not, but to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. Amen. That's it. If you come to accept Jesus Christ, that will be the greatest epiphany you will ever have. <laughs> that's right. And with that, that's a great conclusion. Thank you, gentlemen. Today we've been talking about epiphany here at Redeemer Broadcasting. The show is a plain answer. This is posted up on our website. Check us out at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. In the studio with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. If you have any questions for these fine gentlemen, Feel free to email us. Our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. A reminder to please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Oh,